Do you ever struggle with your fuzzy brain? I do. Welcome to the Uncluttered Office Podcast. Here I share what I've discovered from my challenges with ADHD and chemo brain. I'm your host, Katherine Avery. I'm a former Wall Streeter, now certified productive environment specialist and ADHD productivity coach with well over 20 years of experience in business, office design, and productivity. I'm a badass cancer survivor and thriver, wife, mom of a teen and a cat, and a lifelong geek. I'm old enough now to be proud of it. I've learned that whether we lose our keys, misplace our files, or constantly forget our appointments, we can design a work and home life that is simpler, easier, and fits who we are with our unique brains. I believe that to be truly productive, we need to learn how to be intentionally unproductive. A strange twist for a productivity coach. But hey, I love to ski, sail, and surf. Listen in and learn how to streamline your space and systems so you can be more focused, organized, and have more time to be intentionally unproductive. Hi, everyone. I'm Katherine Avery of ProductivityByDesign.com and your host of the Uncluttered Office Podcast. And today I have a wonderful guest with me. Her name is Angel Mueller. Hopefully I said that right. (laughs) Okay. Because you said German. Angel is a wellness and business coach. Her background combines neuroscience, nutrition, and business coaching to help women in business, including neurodiverse women, create a healthier life and business. So we were talking a bit just before we started, and you had this brilliant idea called decluttering your diet, which I think streamlines perfectly with both all my clientele who are trying to declutter different parts of their life, including their mindset, but especially helpful to people who have ADHD or are on the spectrum or have any other kind of a brain-based challenge. So I am really excited to hear about you. So how did you get into this field of three really big knowledge bases, neuroscience, nutrition, and business? Well, you know, I've always been totally fascinated with the mind from childhood. And I used to read loads of books on the mind and totally fascinated by thinking and also how the brain works. So I decided to do a master's in neuroscience and immunology, just a really deep dive because I was already studying to be a nutrition therapist. And then I combined those two ideas. And I just did that for a few years. But then I began to work in an environmental health clinic and we, we, I worked with a doctor and we just started to see lots and lots of people with ADHD and autism. And we just became so fascinated with it and we tried to understand it for ourselves, not just understand it from the sort of textbook knowledge that's out there, but really question what's going on. And to be honest, I wasn't totally sold on the idea that diet could impact things like thinking and behavior until I worked with autistic children. And it was it was so mind blowing the differences you saw before and after dietary change. And I you couldn't you couldn't make it up. We even got the parental consent to take videos so we could do proper analysis. And we did before and after. And you just saw the difference in terms of the child being able to be calmer, less fidgety, less thinning, you know, being able to concentrate. We'd see things like them increasing their words or 
just things like behavior. I remember this one little boy and he came into the room and he was, he was just like going all over the place because his dad had taken his iPod pad from him. And I just remember like he was punching everyone. And we put him on a diet for four weeks. And the doctor would always tease me saying, your work, you know, it's not really making a massive difference. But what happened was he came in four weeks later. And amazingly, he was just sitting there super calm, super concentrated and speaking to his dad, like in tiny little words. And the doctor called me out. He said, come and see, come and see. And that, that for me at that moment, I thought, wow. Nutrition can affect behavior in a big way. Wow. Wow. So how did you transition from children to adults? Because I'm assuming you're not doing children in business. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm not. Yeah, I am doing adults. So how I transitioned was I began to see that people needed more practical help. So I started working as a private chef with like entrepreneurs and business owners and people in leadership. And that's how I transitioned through private chef work, and then onto wellness coaching. Well, I don't know. I think I might have to be flying over to the UK for a meal. (laughs) That sounds like a great idea. I would love that. I'll actually be in the UK. Oh, really? We'll talk about that after. Yeah, I'm going to be in the UK this year. Later this year. It's it's our June 2020 trip that didn't happen. (laughs) Oh, okay. (laughs) Because, you know, a lot of people, their trips didn't happen. At any rate, So one of the things I'd be interested in is talking about the UK because things that are happening. So sometimes I find that things are way ahead. So I'll give an example. When I was dealing with my daughter's night terrors, I would Mm -hmm. go on UK discussion boards because people were talking about solutions here. It was Mm -hmm. kind of like, oh, good luck with that. Off you go Mm. or whatever they would say. And I went onto the discussion boards and I would find people's ideas, like solutions of how to manage things as a parent. And they were actually super helpful. And for her, Mm -hmm. it was um, the thing that landed was uh, taking a warm washcloth and wiping down her feet in the middle of the night. So while she was having a night terror, just gently cooling down her foot, her Mm -hmm. feet. I don't know why it works or how it works. I didn't even care. I was just so happy to have her stop the night terror that I didn't yeah. worry about it. It was a long time that I was struggling. So I'm always fascinated by what's happening in this world of brain-based conditions, whether that's from you know nightmares on, how things are happening in the UK compared to how things are happening in the US. Strangely enough, we get most of our inspiration, most of the doctors we study, they're, they're US-based or German-based. Mm. Because much of the work that we do, it doesn't just look at autism in terms of the behavioral kind of side of it. It also looks at autism in terms of of how the gut might affect autism or how bugs like imbalance microflora or viruses or parasites. You know, all of those factors have an impact on an immune system that's struggling to behave as intelligently as it should. And so in terms of finding information, like we look everywhere from like the MIT, which is an American university, to different naturopathic doctors, to we look at pandas, which is looking at 
how streptococcus can affect things like autism, uh, specific bacteria that we all have living in our tonsils at the back of our throat. So, yeah, it's pretty vast. I remember doing a lot of research around pandas at one point because Mm -hmm. my daughter had some stuff going on. It ended up being nutrition-based and we were able to change her nutrition to, to fix it. But at the time, you know, when you're a parent and something's wrong with your child, you're, you're looking at everything, trying to figure mm-hmm. out what it is. And I know I was wrong, but um, we mm-hmm. did, she's doing great. She's thriving. She's 16 and, you know, a great mm-hmm. kid. But when she was middle school, there were some things going on and they were nutrition-based. So once we altered her nutrition, she did better. Yeah, and it, and and it's amazing the amount of factors and how different it is for each child. Like mm-hmm. one thing that works for one child may not work for another, depending on what what's really triggering it all off. Right, and the other thing that's very interesting to me is that I did intermittent fasting quite successfully several mm-hmm. years ago, and it worked for about a year, year and a half, and then what I found was it wasn't working anymore. I was just gaining weight, mm-hmm. and I guess maybe shift in hormones is my guess. I mean, we could, we could spend a whole hour talking about how hormones yeah. affect our um, body and how things change for us. So I had to leave doing intermittent fasting because it just wasn't working. And I had to, again, make a change in my diet to mm. be more effective for me. I also um, changed my exercise patterns to a different time of day to help me with focus because I'm finding exercise is a huge proponent of my managing my ADHD. By choice, I don't take medication. It doesn't mean that I'm never going to. It's just that I literally didn't get my actual diagnosis till June, even mm-hmm. though I suspected for a lot of years. I just haven't taken that next step yet. Like a little bit because, you know, we're in a pandemic and we're only just coming out. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I want to be able to see a doctor in person and those kinds of things. But fascinating to me. I'd love you to talk to that. Like, how can our hormones affect how we eat and then vice versa, how can we use our diet to help any hormone changes? Yeah. So something simple that everyone experiences is stress. So cortisol is a big hormone that can affect the way we eat. For example, if you feel super stressed, the body uh, releases cortisol. And what that does, it sends craving signals to your brain to say, go and eat. Right. When you go to eat, you normally go to something sugary or something salty. Yep. And, <laughs> and so sometimes you have this kind of craving. And especially if you haven't slept well the night before mm-hmm. or gone to bed at a reasonable time, what happens is the cravings can be even stronger because the brain hasn't had a chance to restore its serotonin, which is right. that feel-good hormone, which is so important for like mood balancing and things like that. Right. So... That's the way that hormones can affect the way you eat. That's one example. But then also the way you eat can also affect hormones. Like you said, like say, for example, you have like a a very sugary breakfast with some milk. That's going to impact the hormones. It's going to make insulin, which is a hormone that the body produces to help you take the sugar out of your blood and bring it into the cells. If you have a very sugary breakfast, maybe a cup of coffee, it's probably going to make your blood sugar level dip quite quickly in the morning. And then you might start feeling a bit irritable and a bit, you know, lacking concentration at that time because uh, basically because of the dip, cortisol is released. So it stresses the body out. 
So that's a really simple example of how hormones can affect how you eat and how how you eat can affect your hormones. Right. So breakfast is important in that way. (laughs) And I think, well, yeah. And so when I was intermittent fasting, I wasn't having breakfast. And I think what was happening for me was pandemic was stressful, Mm -hmm. you know, in some ways, not all the time. And I was able to manage a lot of it, but it was always there. It was always underlying. Right. And so, you know, I needed to honor that by eating a healthy Mm -hmm. protein oriented breakfast. Mm -hmm. One of the things I do now is I make a frittata like one Saturday or Sunday, and I make it big Mm -hmm. enough that I can have a little slice in the mornings throughout the week. And so the last last one I made was spinach, feta, and um, green onions. Mm -hmm. A nice combination. It is. And it's so, it's so simple to make, isn't it? Yeah, it's very simple. And then when you make that big amount, so like I use 10 eggs, but I'm having it over the course of, and my husband's having it and my daughter's having it. So it's not like I'm eating 10 eggs, <laughs> of course, but there's, you know, probably the equivalent of an egg and a half in each little slice of the frittata. So you get that nice protein boost and some veggies because, mm-hmm. you know, perhaps my teen isn't so good at the veggie thing, <laughs> you know, and of course the feta gives it that nice flavor. So And I tend to cook a lot with herbs and spices. I find that they can offset a lot of that sort of, I don't want to eat my vegetables thing. If you put, you know, some nice herbs and spices and things. And plus some of them are very good for you. Absolutely. We could also do a whole hour just on like the benefits of things like turmeric. Absolutely. Like herbs and spices, like, of course, there are people who are quite sensitive to some herbs. Like when I was working with some, children with autism they were quite sensitive but but for those who aren't herbs are one of the easiest ways to like 10 times your nutritional intake of healthy plant nutrients like if you compare like parsley to kale it's got like a hundred times more plant nutrients in terms of concentration in parsley yeah parsley wow i put like fresh parsley on (laughs) everything really yeah. Me. I had no idea. I just like it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, of course you use much less herbs than you would eat kale, right. but it's just herbs are just concentrated yeah. nutrition. So they're a great source of antioxidants. I would say it was maybe two years ago. I started getting really into keeping fresh herbs all the time. Mm. So I tried to, I have a garden. Well, we have mm-hmm. a garden and mm-hmm. there are fresh herbs all summer. I haven't quite made the leap to doing one of those little indoor gardens with a little solar thing, but I'm thinking about it. Uh, plant sunlight. I can't remember what that's called. The plant light. Yeah. It is something that's been in my mind to do, but my rosemary, it is March and it's still going. Mm. It's still that's good great. out there. I mean, it's covered in snow and I have to cut, kind of shake the snow <laughs> off and cut some rosemary, but it's still going. And I'm like, how fun is it to have fresh rosemary from the garden in the dead of winter? Absolutely. That's never happened to me before. I've never kept my rosemary, never kept through the entire winter like this. Now that I said it, it'll probably be bad Carmen. I'll go out there and find out it died. But, you know, I can go to the store and pick up some nice fresh herbs. And I had no idea the benefits they had. So that's making me very proud that I kind of yeah. got that just by luck. Yeah, you work that one out. Yeah, definitely. That's Those brilliant. That's great. Mm-hmm. Are there sort of superfoods that we can consider in obviously moderation that help specifically for say focus? Yeah, I would say one of the things that people don't realize is that of course there are lots of ingredients and I will talk about that and that will help you with your focus. 
but also it's the way you eat. So like you mentioned that you needed a high protein breakfast and that really helped you. Right. So high, high protein rather than high carbohydrate can sometimes help to balance the blood sugar in a way that helps you with your focus. Right. And so that's why some people benefit quite significantly from having a much higher protein breakfast. Mm. And that can be eggs. You could have like fresh organic meat. I always recommend organic or fish. Or if you're vegetarian, you can have tofu or you can have sunflower mints, which is like a vegetarian version of, uh, it's like a, a minced beef, but it's made from sunflowers. Or any natural like beans or even a protein powder in a shake is a great way to increase the protein at breakfast time. Every day I have a protein shake. <laughs> Do you? Yeah, with, <laughs> with fruit and almond milk. and. It's just a way to, again, it's another thing that helps me keep my energy going. And I tend to have it when I notice my energy is lagging. So mm. it's not the same time every day. Sometimes mm. it's 3 p.m. and I notice I'm having that dip and then I go grab. It's already made. My husband makes it. God bless him. So mm. it's got almond butter in it. It's just a very simple shake, but it has what I need to get through that little lag. Yeah. Because I have a dip every day. Today, it was more that I knew I was going into my day and I had a lot of meetings and I wasn't going to get a chance to eat a proper nutrition thing. And I was afraid, because I know how I am, that I would go for the carbs as the quick, easy fix. And I did have half of, um, half of a piece of a little roll of Irish soda bread with some butter on it. Mm -hmm. But this will help prevent me from snacking, which in a busy day... I would do because it's fast and easy. And, you know, I think we should actually really kind of talk about that too. I know I kind yeah. of derailed us, but it'll go back to this is what are some nifty little snacks we could have on hand that are good for us that mm -hmm. help us with brain power and focus, but are quick and easy that we could just grab quickly out of either their fridge or the pantry. So one thing I would say about snacking is that it's really important if you snack to do it at a regular time. So the body loves habit. Mm. If the body has a habit, it can, it can conserve energy. If it can conserve energy, you can have more focus. So when it comes to snacking, it's better to have a certain amount of time between your meals without snacking because right. then you have less information going up to the brain. So that allows you to have a clearer focus. However, if you do snack, a high-protein snack again. So say, for example, you had a slice of Irish soda bread maybe some almond butter on that, or you could have an egg or two, or you could have some avocado on toast, or you can have some, like, say you've got meat from the day before, have a little bit of that. Most people think of carbohydrate when they go for a snack, but protein can be a really good snack too. Right. But like yourself, I definitely recommend liquid snacks because I think that it's less, it's less uh, work for the digestive system. And less work for the digestive system means you can focus better. Right. Right. And it's interesting. My husband makes homemade beef jerky. Oh, it does he? Which is a <laughs> wonderful, you know, first of all, because, you know, organic, nice meat, right? Yeah. And yeah. not the salted fake stuff from the store. He makes yeah. proper, you know, oh, it is. Once you've had a real homemade beef jerky, you'll never go back. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and it's natural as well. It doesn't have all right. the other added things to it. So right. it's much for, for ADHD and neurodiverse people, it's so much better to have 
if you think about food as in calm food or food that creates nervous energy, like processed food creates nervous energy Mm. and nervous energy affects concentration. It affects your ability to focus, to organize all of those different things. So it's much better to make things at home if you can and keep it as simple as possible. One of the things we've gotten away from, we would have like a cookie in the evening and Mm. it would be like an Oreo cookie. And we yeah. move away from that into something like, say, either I make the homemade protein balls, yeah. have, you know, the almond butter and um, mm. oats and things like that. And they're still, you know, you put some chocolate chips in them. Or yeah. to be quite honest, I have a very, very small piece of like really high quality dark chocolate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I don't have, you know, I love Oreos to give, don't get mm. me wrong, <laughs> but they're not, they're not providing that value. Mm-hmm. Than a protein ball or just a little sliver of chocolate with like a little sliver of really top quality chocolate. I'm talking like Belgian mm-hmm. chocolate mm-hmm. <laughs> is going to like satisfy that sweet tooth much quicker than anything else. My mother-in-law made homemade banana cake mm-hmm. and it's, it's delicious mm. and it's way healthier for you mm. than going for the cookie jar. Just is. Yeah. Unless you're making your own And surprisingly, you can make something like a homemade bread out of sunflower butter and a couple of eggs. And that makes it super high in protein. You can do it with any nut butter. You can do it with almond butter. It's such a simple recipe. It just combines nut butter. And it comes out like a pumpernickel style bread, sort of a very dense bread. And that that would be a really good snack as well if you were looking for options because you could have that throughout the week as well. Yeah. Did you say, have I made it? I haven't. Have you? (laughs) Oh, brilliant. I've never made it. I'm going to have to hit you up with that recipe. (laughs) It's a very surprising recipe. You'd never believe it until you make it. It probably doesn't have a ton of ingredients. No, it has about two or three ingredients. Oh, wow. I love it. I'm (laughs) definitely going to try that. That's so fun. We've... um been trying different kinds of grains because my husband Mm. hates quinoa. I adore quinoa. Mm. And my daughter landed on farro. And I think you could tell me if I'm wrong, that Mm. farro makes a much better breakfast than frosted flakes. Of course. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So any, any of the whole grains like oats, which are more easily available, even quinoa puffs or quinoa uh, flakes, farro as well any of the ancient wheats, right. they're all going to make a much more sort of robust breakfast. And they're filled with B vitamins, which are so important for energy. And right. energy is important for focus. Right. Right. I love it. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So we've kind of been touching around here and there all about nutrition, of course, but I'd love to kind of like really hone in on the declutter your diet. What Mm -hmm. should we be taking out? You said some sugar and some carbs. What am I missing? Yeah, so processed carbs, I would say like white flour products, white pasta, like uh, white pizza bases, just adding or even white rice. Just make sure if you're making any of those things from scratch, just add in some whole grain pasta or add in some whole grain flour or just even a tablespoon can make such a big difference to the amount of nutrition when you add it to white flour if you use it in baking. So the first step, I think, in understanding how to declutter the diet is to really understand how your body works. So there's a proverb that says the wise person understands themselves. And I think we often understand ourselves, like on this podcast, we talk about decluttering the mindset, but often we don't always think about how the body needs to be decluttered so that it can focus in the way that it needs to. So the amazing thing about the body is that it has a vagal nerve. Have you heard of the vagal nerve? Yep. Yeah, it's a wandering nerve. It wanders all through the body and it sends messages to the brain. Now, 80% of the vagal nerves messages come from the gut. So that's quite an interesting point. And when it comes from the gut, it goes all the way to the brainstem, where the brainstem is almost like the entry point, the gate to the brain. And you have all this information going to your brain, but you don't necessarily focus on every single thing you see. So the brainstem takes the information and it reorganizes it and sends it to the middle part of the brain. And that's where most of the organization takes place. That's where the brain says, don't focus on that, focus on this. And then that comes to the conscious conscious mind. So that's super important to know that when we're thinking about how we eat, that we eat in a way that really supports and manages how the gut is sending information up to the brain Mm. and that the brain has a chance to rest and the gut has a chance to rest so we're making sure that we're having like a few hours ideally five hours between meals that would be ideal but if you graze that might be difficult to do so maybe the first tip in decluttering your diet is to try to create a space and between your meals and not to graze continually so just by taking out some of those snacks you're starting to declutter the diet just as if you were in on your desk and you had lots of paperwork just by taking some of the paperwork away you start to declutter your desk so then another one then is really looking at processed versus unprocessed foods so processed foods are foods that either have loads and loads of ingredients or have additives, high sugar, things like that. Right. So when it comes to decluttering the diet, it's really about simplifying it. 
like how can you make this meal simpler how can you use like say you use a sauce like a ketchup or a brown sauce in your meal that's filled with additives how could you change that how could you maybe choose a brown sauce with less additives or how can you make one from scratch at home or even with tomatoes you could just do tomato paste instead of ketchup exactly so something simple or even have to even make some tomatoes and really nice olive oil right so it even simplifies the way you are preparing your meals as well and so those are like key ways really spacing your meals out and just drinking water in between meals and then the second thing is making sure you're like having simpler meals less additives less ingredients more cooking from scratch where possible and then Another way you can declutter the diet is really the sugary drinks and the caffeine and the teas that we like to drink and really looking at how we can have more water because water powers the brain as well. It really helps the brain to really function well, to concentrate. It helps in almost like the way water can create energy. It can create that kind of energy in the brain as well. Right. And I have to tell you, I've gotten to the point now where the only thing I like is water. Oh, really? I don't even like soda. I used to like seltzer, like bubbly water, flavored uh-huh. or unflavored. Mm-hmm. I like tea, you know, a glass mm-hmm. of tea, and I have it without any um, sugar or anything in it. And then mm-hmm. I do love one good cup of decaf coffee with cream. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and that's uh-huh. it, though. That's it. I have the one, and then it's, I'm just not, I guess I'm lucky. I'm not really a fan of sugary drinks. I'm just not. Yeah. And how did you get to that place? Because I know a lot of people struggle with drinking enough water. Frankly, I'm always thirsty. And Mm -hmm. so water is just the easiest go-to. And I don't know, part of it was that I, at some point, had gone through some um, acid reflux. And the fastest way to help improve acid reflux is to stop having bubbly drinks and having anything that has lemon or lime. So that Mm -hmm. cut a lot of that out, like, right away. And when I stopped doing that, that's when I switched to a lot of water and I didn't ever really go back. I mean, the only yeah. thing that I really like that's like that with like the lemon and lime is margarita. And obviously I'm not having those very often. Um, <laughs> once <laughs> in a blue moon, they're quite lovely, mm-hmm. but I, I'm also to the point now where I don't like a fake one. I only, yeah. now that I've had a homemade margarita and made them yeah. myself, I don't want the fake kind. So, yeah. And I think, I think spa water where you add some ginger or you can add some mint leaves or you right. can add some cucumber or strawberries or lemon or lime all of those things are ways to help create this tiny flavor in your water that sometimes can help you drink it if you just don't like the flavor of water I know water's flavorless but lots of my clients say they don't like drinking water at first and so oh, it's I know really a about getting, yeah it's a lot isn't it and you know what um, a girlfriend of mine suggested that I drink ginger tea Mm-hmm. So I now take fresh ginger, slice it up, put it in a teapot, the kettle, you know, it's a separate one where you have the little thing inside for the tea leaves. But yeah. instead I put the sliced ginger and then put the hot water in. And, um, and I drink that a lot. I really enjoy the hot ginger hot yeah. with heat, not with spice. Ginger tea, it's delicious. Yeah. So I drink a lot of that. And that's, I, I mean, I think that aids digestion. It, it helps me feel better. I enjoy it. Yeah. You know, I really go with what helps me feel better. Yeah. I think it's a and lot think, of it is listening to your body. But, yeah. you know, it's unlearning a lot of stuff to really 
learn how to listen to your body. And that's a whole other podcast episode. <laughs> exactly. And, and the thing is just like even chamomile tea, chamomile helps calm down the brain. Right. And I've seen such good impact of chamomile in the people that I've worked with and it helps sleep and lots right. of other things as well. So it's really looking at some of the more natural herbal teas as well that can have benefits in addition to increasing your water intake you have in the tea. Great point. Great point. Thank you so much. Do you have a favorite productivity pointer or strategy you'd like to share in addition to all these amazing nutrition strategies we've already learned? Do you know one of the most important productivity pointers, I think, for neurodiversity is to try to focus on one thing at a time when it comes to changing. Because if you try to do everything at once, it feels very exciting, but it's quite hard to maintain long term. So it's just choose the thing that you think you're going to get the biggest win on, the thing that you think will be the easiest thing, and then start doing that. Because when you create a habit in your brain, it creates a pathway that all other habits follow. So don't worry if it's just one. It's just like compound interest. It Mm. seems like it takes a long time at first, but eventually it starts to work. And that's the key to sort of habit change, just one at a time, just one focus at a time. Right. So it could be as simple if we're going to do the nutrition tie-in as eliminating Oreo cookies at night and replacing it with something a bit healthier. Uh, I just love that as a pointer. I think that's just wonderful. Thank you so much. Angel, how can people find you? Well, if you want to find me, they can reach out to me at my website at www.nourishingeve.com. I also have this wonderful worksheet for all you listeners for decluttering your diet. And you'll find the link in the podcast notes below and you can link through and that can get sent through to you. Thank you so much for doing that. And thank you so much for being on. This was amazing. Appreciate you. Thank you for having me, Catherine. You've been listening to the Uncluttered Office Podcast, available on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and www.productivitybydesign.com. I'm your host, Catherine Avery. If you like what you've heard, please share this episode with someone you think needs it. I would love for you to leave a review on your favorite podcast platform. Your reviews make my heart sing and can help even more people find the gifts in their productivity challenges. Thanks for listening and see you next week. This podcast is part of the Sound Advice FM network. Sound Advice FM. Women's voices amplified.